His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm excited to share tonight. I really am nervous, but I'm excited. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to pray first. (sighs) Jesus, I just thank you. Thank you. I thank you for being with us tonight. (sighs) Your presence is so, so good. (laughs) And Holy Spirit, I just invite you to come even more and just speak tonight. Thank you. <sighs> well, I have 12 pages of notes, but it's in big print, so don't worry. <laughs> and I'll probably just read really fast. <laughs> just kidding. I'm going to try and look up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, what I kind of had on my heart felt more like... Um, I hope, like an exhortation instead of an actual teaching. Um, Lord's just been speaking stuff to me. Um, Most of it's new. A little bit of it is a little older, but it just feels really, really like what the Lord's doing. Um, So I think that, to get started, I think that this past season, um, in my opinion, kind of felt like a Jesus, 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 you're all I need, Jesus, 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 I cling to you, Jesus, 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 and um, I just kind of felt, Ethan and I had listened to a message from um, Donna De Silva. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of her, but she's the leader, and I think the founder, Not, don't quote me on that, of the Sozo Ministry at Bethel. Okay, she is the founder, um, and she was just talking about um, trials that she had gone through in her life and um, testing. And she's always been the one to, she said, that she's always been the one to push through and courage and rah, rah, rah. I'm going to put my head down and push through this. But the Lord had asked her in the midst of a testing, he's like, I know you're courageous. I know you're strong. But do you trust me? Like if you just rested, do you trust me to take care of it without you having to do anything? And that really was like, oh, I don't know if I would, God. So um, so anyway, in my opinion, I think that fully trusting the Lord is one of the most difficult things that we are called to as children of God. It's the trusting and letting go of what seems comfortable, visible, and tangible, and putting all of your eggs in the basket of Father God and the unseen realm. It seems risky because in our humanity, it's extremely unnatural to believe in something that's not us. But I have some good news. Though our humanity, oh, I <laughs> know how to read your notes. I have some good news, though. (laughs) Our humanity has been defeated. We we live by the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit. And I believe that this is the safest way to live. Okay, so I'm going to kind of lead into something here, but I'm just going to start it off with some scripture. Um, 2 Corinthians uh, 1, 8 through 9. Brothers and sisters, you need to know about the severe trials we experienced while we were in Western Turkey. All of the hardships we passed through crushed us beyond our ability to endure. And we were so, 
sorry, I'm not going to cry through this. And we were so completely overwhelmed that we were about to give up entirely. It felt like we had a death sentence written upon our hearts, and we still feel like this today. I love this. It has taught us to lose faith in ourselves and to place all of our trust in the God who raises the dead. Is that not incredible? That absolutely, to me, my personal experience, but I feel like it's for everybody, that feels like this last season. <laughs> it taught me to completely lose faith in myself. And what I feel like losing faith in yourself, am I extremely loud? Okay, sorry, I feel like I'm yelling. Um, it has taught me to lose faith in myself. And what I feel like that means, it has taught me to know that I have absolutely no control. I cannot change a thing. It is only Jesus. And so from losing the faith in myself, I can place all of my trust in God who raises the dead. Um, and uh, I think I'm kind of taking this from Brian Johnson, but he said, he said, and I'm saying, consider it a gift whenever you get to lose faith in yourself and you have the opportunity to put all of your eggs in God's basket. Smiley face. Um, okay, so 2 Corinthians 4, 15 through 16. Yes, all things work for your enrichment so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people, resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God, bringing him even more glory. So no wonder we don't give up, for even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. So the benefits of our choice to trust God span much farther than our own personal lives. It is all about God's bigger picture. Okay, so do you feel rejected, worn out, alone? Are you facing death, disease, or financial difficulties? Everything we go through is for our enrichment as well as others. It is so more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people. We trust God not only for ourselves, but for our future generations, cities, counties, countries. Your victory becomes land that generations to come can walk right through and into their own victories. It's not just you're facing your disease or you're facing your rejection oh i just feel so rejected that's my thing i just feel so rejected and it's not about you i'm preaching to myself it's not about you it is about the principality over the area it is about your generation so that they can walk free from rejection it's so that people can have hope for their disease that they have you are breaking through so that more and more people can come and see the victory of god um Okay, um, and then on to 2 Corinthians, and this is what I really, really um, feel on my heart. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. Okay, he just called them like huge trials that were crushing him to death. But now we view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity because we're seeing it now in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison because we don't focus our attention 
This is the trusting part. We don't focus our intention, attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. Okay. This is my desire, to see every situation or trial I face in the light of eternity. I want to see with heaven's eyes. Okay. And the Lord just showed me something actually just really recently after I had done all this, that these eyes are simply the eyes of our heart. We are called to view life not with the lens of our minds, which is our physical and emotional um, world, but through the lens of our hearts, which is our spirit world, our spirit man, uh, while we are inspired by Holy Spirit and filled with his revelation light. I believe that if we could see these with these eyes, that problems and circumstances in life would not overwhelm us. With heaven's eyes, we can see there is one solution, capitalized, to every problem. These eyes are not, <laughs> ignore that. These eyes are from God's perfect perspective through which we see what he is doing in the middle of every single season. If we saw with these eyes, we could easily lose faith in ourselves, our need to control, our need to, to feel control over a situation, and we could turn our eyes from difficult circumstances and focus all our trust on him. We could see that our trials are not just about us. They are for such a vast victory, way bigger than we could ever imagine, that can only be seen through God's perspective. With eternal eyes, we believe in and receive fully daily renewal, and our tanks would never feel less than full because we trust that he is continue feeling, filling us. Okay, and there are days that I don't feel full necessarily, but I don't trust my emotions or feelings because that's viewing through the lens of my mind, and that's not going to work. I trust in God, and he says that he renews me daily and fills me daily. So on those days, I am still full. Haley, you are still full on those days. God's truth and vision is so much more real and trustworthy than my feelings or circumstances. God's truth and vision is so much more real and trustworthy than my feelings or circumstances. I think if we could see with God's perspective and that seeing with the eyes of the heart of God within us, we would truly understand why and how he can sit in the heavens and laugh. He sits in the heavens and laugh. So I think if we see with spiritual eyes, we'll join in the laughter. Okay. I'm out of breath. I think it's because my heart's beating so fast. <clears throat> um, this is such a miraculous transformation we are called to uh, that I can look at the unseen realm of God as more real than is what in than what is in plain sight to my human eyes. To say that we can get to a place where God's realm is more real to me than the people I'm speaking to or the people you're sitting next to sounds really, really unattainable. It sounds impossible. But it is not at all, for we have been infused with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is our eternal eye, so our spirit man naturally, naturally, it's natural to our spirit to see with these eternal eyes. And um, I believe the key seeing with the eternal eyes uh, comes down to letting go. And it's just all those things that I said before, losing faith in yourself and trusting God. And I said the key to trusting is trusting because I don't have a necessary key. I just know to trust more. I need to trust a little and then a little more and then a little more. That's all I know, guys. <clears throat> okay. So um, the Lord gave me... Um, last August, um, just 
a really incredibly encouraging word um, out of Second Kings um, 18 through 19. And uh, a lot of you are probably familiar with it. I think it's a fairly popular story in the Old Testament. Of um, It's during Hezekiah's reign. And uh, we see in this story one of Judah's basically the world's, the Middle Eastern world's biggest, most powerful enemies, Assyria, and their king, Sennacherib. Time and time again threatens and tries to invoke panic upon King Hezekiah and Jerusalem. So it starts out that um, Hezekiah, or Hezekiah, Sennacherib threatens them. And uh, so Hezekiah sends his officials and is trying to work it out with them. And um, Sennacherib's chief of staff basically replies, um, shouting so that the whole people on the wall can hear his threats. And all of his threats are coming against God. And all of his threats are coming against them. It's just coming against who they are as a people. And so he's shouting this at them. And I'm not going to read it, but I love this part down here in verse 36, uh, 2 Kings 18, 36. But the people were silent and did not utter a word because Hezekiah had commanded them, do not answer him. Now it says after that that they went back and they tore their clothes in despair because they were so upset and scared. But I think that's a word of the Lord to us. The people were silent and did not utter, utter a word. Do not utter, do not utter a word. Do not answer your enemy. Do not utter a word. Trying to defend yourself or to, de- to defend God against him. It's a waste of breath and it is not worth your time. Okay. Um, I'm going off my notes now, so. Okay. So, 2 Kings 19, 3 through 7. I'm trying to summarize this, but there's just so much good stuff that I want to read some of it. Um, Okay, so uh, this is uh, Hezekiah's officials taking Hezekiah's response to the prophet Isaiah. So they told him, this is what King Hezekiah says. Today is a day of trouble, insults, and disgrace. It's like when a child is ready to be born, but the mother has no strength to deliver the baby. Okay? Losing faith in himself. Hezekiah is in that place. I can't do this. I can't do this, God. But perhaps the Lord, your God, has heard the Assyrian chief of staff sent by the king to defy the living God and will punish him for his words. Oh, pray for those of us who are left. After King Hezekiah's officials delivered the king's message to Isaiah, the prophet replied, Say to your master, this is what the Lord says, Do not be disturbed by this blasphemous speech against me from the Assyrian king's messengers. Listen, I myself will move against him, and the king will receive a message that he is needed at home, so he will return to his land where I will have him killed by the sword. So that's the first promise that the Lord gives him, okay? I am going to take care of this man, okay? And so then, and I think this is kind of funny, in verse uh, 8 through 9 of chapter 19, it says that um, Ethiopia had risen up to attack um, Assyria. And it says, before leaving to meet the attack, Sennacherib sends another threatening message to Hezekiah, saying that um, Hezekiah's only option is to either surrender or suffer. And Sennacherib is getting ready to leave. He's leaving, and his option is to get Israel 
Judah to surrender or else he's going to have to leave for now and come back later. So their enemy was getting ready to retreat <clears throat> without them even doing anything. But he still sounded big and scary. God doesn't keep your promises. Don't trust God, blah, blah, blah. And this is Hezekiah's response to that. Okay, After he received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. He took the attacks, he took the lies, he took the blasphemous speech and said, here, God, look at this. I'm not taking it. Look at it. I am spreading it out before you. Do you see this? And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. O Lord, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all, only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, O Lord our God, rescue us from his power, then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone, O Lord, are God. Okay? So... I'm going to go ahead and just keep reading. Um, seems like a lot of scripture, but I just just like really let the Holy Spirit um, soak it in because this is the Lord rising up to his people's defense. This is him um, saying he's going to bring justice in the midst of terror. So then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I have heard your prayer about King Sennacherib of Assyria, and the Lord has spoken this word against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. He's sitting in the heavens laughing, so we can too. The daughter of Jerusalem shakes her head in derision as you flee. Whom have you been defying and ridiculing? Against whom did you raise your voice? At whom did you look with such haughty eyes? It was the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have defied the Lord. You have said, with my many chariots I have conquered the highest mountains. Yes, the remotest peaks of Lebanon. I have cut down its tallest cedars and its finest cypress trees. I have reached its farthest corners and explored its deepest forests. I have dug wells in many foreign lands and refreshed myself with their water. With the sole of my foot, I stepped up, stopped up all the rivers. But have you not heard? I decided this long ago. Long ago, I planned it, and now I am making it happen. I planned for you to crush fortified cities into heaps of rubble. That is why their people have so little power and are so frightened and confused. They are as weak as grass, as easily trampled as tender green shoots. They are like grass sprouting on a housetop, scorched before it can grow lush and tall. But I know you well, where you stay and when you come and go. I know the way you have raged against me, and because of your raging against me and your arrogance, which I have heard for myself, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth. I will make you return by the same road on which you came. Okay, um, I'm going to skip down to verse 32. And this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. 
His armies will not enter Jerusalem. They will not even shoot an arrow at it. They will not march outside its gates with their shields, nor build banks of earth against its walls. The king will return to his own country by the same road on which he came. He will not enter this city, says the Lord. For my own honor and for the sake of my servant David, I will defend this city and protect it. So that night... The angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. And when the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to the capital of Nineveh and stayed there. And later it says that he was killed by the sword. So here is the promise. The Lord saying that he will save the people of Jerusalem from Sennacherib. And that night the people, still surrounded by their enemies, wait throughout the night, trusting the Lord with all their hearts to fulfill his promise to them. The enemy, this enemy, has exposed their fears and has had them constantly casting all their anxiety upon God, trying not to panic and fall into despair. All the while an angel of the Lord was in the enemy's camp, destroying their enemy. Okay, so this is the word that the Lord gave to me. And it was, it was encouraging to me. And this was back in August. I think I said that. So, during the night, hold on to the Lord's promises to you. For when day breaks and morning comes, we will surely see how he was working on our behalf, ridding us of our enemies. We will see them retreat with their king on the run. We cannot possibly know all the Lord is doing for us right now in that season, but daybreak will come and we will see how the Lord was working while we were fretting. He is faithful and he is always working on our behalf. When day breaks, we will see what the Lord was doing in the night that all along he was fulfilling his promise to us. And I just, I feel like that, um, that was a picture of this season, past season, it's the past, of trusting the Lord in the night, of <laughs> trusting him, and I'm, I'm learning to trust more, but just staying in that place of all your promises are yes and amen. Every promise you made is true. You are faithful. You are faithful. I believe you. I'm casting all my fear because this season has exposed, I don't know about anybody else, but it has exposed a lot of fear and anxiety in me and a lot of things I didn't even realize I had. And it's been good. I'm thankful for it. But I believe that we are now coming into a season of daybreak. I really believe it, where we are going to see the promises that the Lord gave us the day before that we waited through the night for. We're going to see them. I believe that. And I have dreams to back that up. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so I've had, um, this is actually really cool because a lot of times I dream a lot, but a lot of times they don't mean anything. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has that, but they don't normally mean very much or anything, and they're weird. So I, uh, I had this dream, and it was really cool because this is about um, three weeks ago, I think, three or four weeks ago. Um, and it was that Ethan and I were walking out of a hospital, okay? So that was this last season. It was a hospital, a place of spiritual surgery and healing and exposure, and it was good, but it was a hospital. And after we left the hospital, the Lord told me 
um, in the symbolic way that dreams do, that he was bringing forth the broken land into a home of torrential grace. Okay, this is daybreak, seeing that he is working and has been working when it seemed like nothing would change. Um, an important part about the dream was that I wasn't um, necessarily in the middle of what he was doing. And I think mainly because this dream included some tender situations to me. But I felt like the Lord was saying that he's working and he's moving and he's letting us know it. But it's not our job to fix it, to get in the middle of the situations, to trust him that he's doing it. Um, and he told me what he was doing and I was left, and this is, this is where I believe that we are. I was left with the decision of whether or not I would rest and trust his good work to be completed. Um, and then I had a second dream, um, about a week after that, give or take a couple of days. Um, and in the, in this one, the Lord was highlighting to me that the old season is valuable and it has been, it has brought good, but that there is a new work that the Holy Spirit is doing and I want to be a part of it. And uh, in the dream, I had been washing an old vintage um, fire truck, but I'd seen on the other side a new fire truck that was getting used, and I was like, oh, I can't wait until I can go wash that one and take care of that one. But I felt like the Lord said to me after I had prayed about it some more that I could have chosen to just walk right around to the other fire truck and start washing it. He wasn't holding me back anymore. And I just thought that was really cool. So I want to go to the other side and take part of the new. And I believe in stepping into the new season is, for me, going to be a conscious choosing, especially choosing trust. I think it is choosing trust. It's choosing that he's completing his work and that I can trust him and rest in that. So um, I'll go ahead and do this. Sorry. Wow. Okay. I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> okay. My encouragement to you all is that we are not still waiting on daybreak. We are not still waiting on a new season to happen. It has come. The time is now for the new work that the Lord is doing and breathing upon in this hour. Um, I think it's totally our choice of whether or not we'll step into the new joy, new, with joy in our hearts, trust in our eyes, and praise in our mouths. And I believe we're doing that, but it's just the continuing of choosing that. And I encourage you all to choose in your hearts to step into the new season, to walk out of the hospital and over to the new fire truck. God has wonderful things in store, and I believe the best is yet to come. And I'd actually had a third dream a week after the second dream. Um, and in it, I felt like the Lord had led me to Isaiah 60, and um, I had actually read a word on Elijah List that Teresa shared that used the same scripture, so I was just going to end with this tonight, that this is the new season. Um, it's Isaiah 61 through 5. Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to your radiance. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons and are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. For merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands. And this is what we can get excited about. Now, this is what the Lord's doing. So, anyway, I'm done. <laughs> yep. Everybody want to stand? Hmm. Hmm. 
Lord, I just want to thank you for the new work that you're doing. I just thank you, God, for the the new season, God, that you're moving us into. (laughs) And Lord, we just tell you that we trust you. And God, I just thank you for um, releasing, Lord, a, um, a grace, Lord, on all of us to choose the joy, to choose the trust. And Lord, I just ask that in this season, God, that you would continually draw us deeper into your heart. Lord, I think trusting is such an intimate thing with you, Lord, and I just thank you for that, God, as we trust, draw us into deeper intimacy, Lord. Thank you, God, and just bless everybody here tonight. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for listening to this message.